Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Two Guys and a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. Well, it is a very special holiday episode of Two Guys and a Chainsaw. A holiday production, really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as um, Craig and I have this rare treat, this rare present, where we are here and we're... St- <laughs> we're taking selfies. Uh, we, just snapped, we just snapped a selfie for you. <laughs> we are here uh, together for the first time in how many years has it been? A long time. Five. Your kid was an infant the last time yeah. we were together. So I think it was about five and a half years ago. And I believe that was the um, Something Wicked This Way Comes episode that yep. we recorded in your living room. Yep. And uh, that was a very special movie for both of us. And, uh, and so we were able to do that and be together at the same time, just the way we started things. Right. And I don't know about you, Craig, but like, if you go back and listen to the earlier episodes, there's a different kind of energy. Yeah. You know, we're like <laughs> sitting right across from each other and face to face and all that, instead of patiently waiting for the other person to end up to finish talking. Right. So then we can, or kind of judging, oh, now I can come in. Oh, oh no, 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 wait, wait. And all those things we edit out, right, yep, most yep. of the time. This is raw, pure, and uncut, right here uh, in a hotel room. <laughs> yep. Where we just got off of watching... Violent Night, which just came out today, today. I think. I know. It's that, crazy. I think that's another first. I think so, except I was trying to think while we were there. We've done this before. Yes, The Witch. The Witch. Did we see Krampus together in the theater, too? Yes, we did. You're yeah, right. It so was The Witch and Krampus, at least. It's like a Christmas miracle. <laughs> the Trinity. <laughs> Mary Joseph and the baby Jesus yeah. is today. <laughs> So it really feels good, by the way, to be back here just face-to-face with you. It's so cool. It does. Just like, you know, we talk every single week, and we don't see each other. Like, we don't do video chat or anything uh-uh. like that, and, but we're way too lazy to uh, <laughs> want to see what state each of us are in in the morning. Oh, my God. Yeah, I roll out of bed and roll in front of my computer. I... <laughs> then Nobody I... needs to see that. And I strip down naked for no reason at all. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I can. <laughs> oh man! So no, it is nice. It's uh, it, it was a nice surprise because I had I had wanted to see this movie, but for some reason I thought that we weren't gonna. It was it came out later, mm. so I didn't think we were gonna. You're only here for a couple of days, right? Um, so I I didn't think we were gonna get to see it together. So it was a, a fun surprise, but uh, yeah. it's it's weird because we saw it in a theater, so we I didn't, didn't take, take any notes. notes. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had that awkward moment where we're leaving the theater and we're like, we can't say anything about the movie because right. we gotta we gotta save it for ten minutes later when we can get in front of a mic. Yeah, but, and just fair warning, uh, we had dinner before mm-hmm. the show and then a couple of really quick, nice strong drinks. Nice strong drink. <laughs> <laughs> and we may or may not be sipping on something right yeah. now. Yeah, so we'll we'll see how it goes. But I'm excited about it because I've been looking forward to this movie. Um, I don't know. You know, we've seen like Killer Santas and stuff before. It's not like that's anything new. But uh, this has good people in it. It it seemed like it, you know, was filmed on a, a, I mean, now in hindsight, it seemed like it was filmed on a big budget. It felt like a big budget movie. I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't really either. I didn't know what to expect. I really kind of expected it to be goofy but fun. And, uh, you know, I'll just spill the tea. I fucking loved it. Yeah. <laughs> it was a blast. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And it surprised me. Me too. Me too. I was surprised by how much I liked it. Because 
To be fair, I don't know if it's really a horror movie. This is a home invasion movie. Chris. Yeah, it's yeah. more it's more of a, a violent thriller, and it is really violent. It's gory. And, and there's lots of good fighting, like mm-hmm. exciting fight scenes, and lots and lots of like gunplay, and, and lots of creative violence. So it's definitely bloody, but at its heart, it is like one of the Christmassy, yeah. It's Christmas movies I've ever seen. It's like it's sort of like what they did with the Jane Austen and Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. It's like you took a very heartfelt Hallmark Christmas movie and you just laid, you know, terrorists and Santa <laughs> smashing people in the face and blood and things like that over it, right? Yeah. It's just another layer added to what ended up actually being a very like serious, seriously Christmas movie. Yeah. In that it was hitting all of the notes. Right, I I was surprised how much heart it had. Like, mm. I was feeling a little sappy at the end. I, I can't say I shed a tear or anything, but <laughs> it was sweet. Like, it was weirdly sweet in the end. Well, but my point with that is like it's genuine, right? It's mm-hmm. weirdly sweet. It's not like a lot of comedies which will hit these notes as part of the gag. And so in the middle of it, you'll see that they're not really playing it straight, right? Uh, and and this movie, all of that was played straight. All the little moments like. You know, when the girl talks Santa into believing in life again, you know? <laughs> right. And these, I believe too. And, you know, all this sappy Christmas stuff or like the kisses and the reun- reunifications and things, like they were played totally straight mm-hmm. and they felt real. It worked. Yeah. It, 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 gosh. That's why I would it think, worked, I think. I would think, yeah, but it just seems like on paper the two. The two, uh, you know, the the really violent. That's the thing. Like, I the, I was sitting there thinking, gosh, I, I uh, don't know who to recommend this movie to. Like, mm. action fans, I guess. But I really feel like if you have teenage kids, especially boys, but yeah. maybe that's sexist. If you have teenagers, take them to see this. It's super fun. It's going to keep their attention. Um, but in the end... Ultimately, it's a sweet movie about family and and uh, putting family above all else, and and even just like Christmas spirit yeah. type shit, like believing in Santa Claus. Yeah, and it, it's it, gosh, yeah, it was hard not to talk about it immediately coming out of the theater because I really enjoyed it. I just had yeah. such a good time. We were sitting there, and it is fun, you know. Uh, when, this is how we started. We would get together, usually at Todd's house, mm-hmm. um, and uh, sit on a couch in his little. He had this little tiny man cave with this enormous ass TV. <laughs> enormous for the time. I, I'm not even sure if it still would be considered enormous. A hundred inches. Well, yeah, the, it's pretty. The, yeah, it was huge. And the fact that we were sitting like six feet in front, like <laughs> in this little room uh, on your like dorm room couch, uh, <laughs> it, it was. But. That it was fun. We got to experience the movie together, and I got to see or hear your reactions. And it was really fun to sit, not just with you, but I'm really glad to have seen this movie in the theater, especially, mm. I think, on opening night, because I think that the people who were there were people who had been looking forward to it, and they were there to have a good time. Well, the only people coming to Violent Santa on opening night are the people who really want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our, uh, I, I feel bad. Our bartender before the movie was like, oh, you're going to see that come back and tell me how it was i'm the only person i know who wants to see it (laughs) (laughs) too bad we don't have business cards with our uh yeah we could have just slipped that to him like check back in a (laughs) week 
<laughs> but no, it was fun. And, and the audience was small. I mean, I live in a small town, uh, so it was a, a pretty small audience. But It was more mixed than I thought. Yeah. Did you see there was like basically somebody's grandmother sitting behind? I, I, it looks like the grandma was taking her two granddaughters oh, out to see funny. this movie. And I thought... I wonder how she's going to react to this. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, aside from the violence, and it is really violent, like lots of machine guns and stabbings, creative stabbings. things. One of the things, I mean, establishes really early. It's about this family. We'll get to it in a second. But this, this it's an extended family. Um, but the main people that we're focused on are, are this small family of a mother and father uh, who seem to be going through some marital problems, and they have a young daughter. And, and in the very beginning, it's established that the young daughter stayed up late the night before and watched Home Alone. Mm-hmm. And so then <laughs> later in the movie, I had seen this movie advertised as Die Hard meets Home Alone, which is actually not a bad description. It's maybe even a little bit on the nose. Yeah. Um, but in the end, there's some total uh, Home Alone homage, I yeah, guess. Oh yeah, straight out copying. But it's homage. hilarious. It's funny. Because it treats the stuff that happens in Home Alone the way that it would really be. Like those guys, Home Alone is, yes, Home <laughs> Alone is a terribly violent movie if you think about it. And very unrealistic in its portrayal of that violence. Right, right? so these, so this, Ultimately, I mean, this comes at the end of the movie, but this little girl sets up these booby traps for these bad guys, and ju- it, it plays just like Home Alone. It even's it, got music that uh-huh. that tracks along with the, the Home Alone theme right. music. It's cute, except for the results of these traps are realistic. <laughs> so, these, so these people are getting messed up. Oh god, and killed, and killed. Way. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, and and so the the girl and you can see that she and her. Uh, you know what? Actually, I didn't catch that they were divorced in the beginning. I didn't know if they were divorced or they just having problems. Um, they uh, the daughter and the mom, who I I didn't recognize her from anything. She I know she was in Harriet. I don't know if she had a, a big role in it. Beautiful, beautiful actress. Um, the mom and the daughter pick up the dad, and the dad says to the mom. Thank you for doing this. And the mom says, I'm not doing it for you. Oh, yeah. She did say that. I kind of wondered what it was. I was too dense to realize. So I have a feeling that they huh. are separated, but maybe maybe they're divorced, maybe not, because it, it seems like... Well, there's animosity there. There's animosity, but may, uh, the kid, at least, still hopes that there may be some reconciliation. In mm-hmm. fact, ultimately, that's what she asks for for Christmas. Um, when they get, they're going to, to their grandmother's house. Their grandmother is played by Beverly D'Angelo, who I love. Yeah. Uh, I know her primarily from the vacation movies. And, you know, sh- uh, Christmas Vacation is an iconic holiday oh, movie. I saw it like three weeks ago. Yeah, it's yeah. a great movie. It's my favorite of the series. Um, and she's great in it. And, you know, I, I saw an interview with her where she talked about how, um, she really had a good time playing that role in mm-hmm. Christmas Vacation because that was her mom. Um, she was playing her mom, the oh. one who always kept everything together, who was the peacemaker, you know, who really cared about everybody and brought everybody together. And so, you know, the interview is asking her, how does it feel to step into a new, what may very well become an iconic Christmas role? And she said, she said, I hope it does. Mm. Um, but it, uh, very different. But she had a lot of fun with it because her character in this movie is totally 
The opposite. The opposite. Yeah, she's a complete bitch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's she's a cold hard bitch. They are they're incredibly wealthy. Like she lives like comically wealthy. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, she lives in this uh, huge mansion that is just absolutely decorated to the nines. Like. It looks like you're walking into Macy's or something. It's crazy. And yet, it's so cute because in the beginning when we're when we're sort of introduced, it's as they pull into the mansion and they say hello to the, the gatekeeper there. Um, the, this couple, they pull in. She's like, oh. And she makes some comment. I can't remember. The wife makes some comment to the husband about how, oh, I can't. I hate it coming to your place or coming to your... It's always weird to me that you've come from this. Right. And the camera, as they're coming in, tracks through the house as different people in the house are making preparations. The idea is this family is so wealthy, even though it's just a get-together of like five or six people, they have a staff that easily outnumbers them, putting up all these decorations and slicing meats and, and things like that. And they've got one guy walking around coordinating it, you know, almost like he's a you know police uh, SWAT team coach. But nobody is smiling at all. Right. <laughs> in fact, they look rather pissed off and serious at each other. And someone goes over and even yells at the woman slicing the meat. I told you to slice it thinner. Right. Because <laughs> they're coming in. So you know this isn't going to be a house full of holiday cheer. And I just like the way that was communicated early on. Yeah. And, and Beverly <laughs> D'Angelo plays it really well. Uh, there was a time, I don't know, probably 10 years ago, where I, I think Beverly D'Angelo popped up in a Christmas commercial with the rest of the cast of Christmas Vacation and I know you know there was kind of the reboot of the Vacation series with Ed Helms and Christina Applegate mm. and she cameoed with Chevy Chase in that and there was a period of time where I thought ah oh, I love you so much but stop with the work I don't know I don't know <laughs> yeah. if she's I don't know if she's grown into it but she looks really good now She looks now. better now than she used to Yeah she's in she's in in real life, she's in her 70s. For a woman in her 70s, she looks great. And she really just kind of seemed to be eating this up. Oh, like yeah. It just seemed like she was having a great time. She's playing it real hard, real mean, cursing like a sailor in front of her grandkids. <laughs> um, I mean, she comes in cursing. All we do is we hear her off screen talking on the phone to somebody. And she's bitching and cursing and just crude and crass and the things that she says. Uh, and then at the end, she goes... All right. Well, anyway, Merry Christmas to you, Mr. Senator. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. And and so, yeah, it's uh, the the family that we've met. I don't remember their names. The dad's very handsome. Um, He has a very distinct look, which made me think I'd seen him before, but I didn't recognize him. Well, his name's Alex Alex Hassell. Um, It's the Lightstone family. He plays Jason Lightstone. He's the son. There's a son and a daughter, and it's... they make it out that the son is the favored one. Mm. Um, he was in The Boys, which is a show that I love. Um, but I think he must have had a small role because I don't remember him from that. But he and his wife, Linda, played, I, I assume his wife, played by Alexis Louder. Uh, just, I'm looking at her picture on IMDb. She's just stunning. And they have a little girl. And the little girl is named after the grandmother, whose name is Gertrude. Um, and then there's also a daughter in the family. She is with I, – I couldn't tell if they were married or not. I got the feeling that uh, – maybe, maybe boyfriend. Boyfriend. Yeah. He's like a famous actor. Good-looking guy. Mm-hmm. Stupid, but good-looking. Trying to still they must have just been boyfriend, though, because he was still trying to impress her, right? Yeah, and it seemed like – she has a kid, too, and I did not get the impression that this guy was her kid's dad. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> um, um, Bert. Bert is the name of the kid. Because they named the, <laughs> the the son named his daughter Gertrude after the grandmother. So the sister named her son Bertrude. 
<laughs> not to be outdone. <laughs> it's established pretty early on that not only do they have this rivalry and they can't stand each other, but this is also geared towards the mother. They're both vying for mom's attention, yeah. presumably for the inheritance. I mean, that's kind of what seems to be implied here. But it also seems like the money is the cause of the rift between the husband and wife. Right? Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Like like uh the the wife doesn't like that the family is so preoccupied with money and I think that that's part of the problem that they are having. And we meet all of them, but we didn't even talk that's not even how the movie starts. The movie starts introducing us to our Santa. Oh, that's right. <laughs> He's sitting in a bar drinking. It, it with was, other Santas. With other Santas. So your first impression is this is a bunch of mall Santas hanging out and they're all kind of bitching. And especially our Santa, who is one who is completely foul mouthed and it's just like, yeah, it's fucking kids. You know, they're all assholes every year, entitled assholes, every one of them. This might end up being the last Christmas. He, you know, smashes his beer on the table. And like, well, something's got up his, you know, stocking. <laughs> <laughs> and then he walks. Does he go to the fireplace? And uh, I think he just walks out the door. But the bartender, well, first of all, oh, he pulls right. out of his sack. He pulls a gift and he gives it to the bartender and says, give this to your grandkid. And it's got her grandkid's name on it. So the lady's like, how does he know my grandkid's name? How does he even know I have a grandkid? And then he exits, and she's like, God damn it, that's the door to the roof. I, I'm going to have to go get him out of there. Um, so she walks out, and she's like, yes. hey, get out of here. If you fall off, it's my at." And then she looks up, and Santa's flying away uh, in his sleigh with his reindeer. Drunken Santa. Drunken Santa, and then he stands up and barfs over the side. And <laughs> barfs right on her face. <laughs> she's looking up and just gets... Uh, splattered with it's, Santa barf. It's disgusting, but it really sets the tone. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's funny, too. Yeah. And, and you see him kind of, you know, going from house to house, and he's got his wish list or whatever. All anybody wants is cash or video games, mm. and he's just disgusted um, kind of with the state of things. Uh, he gives one guy a lump of coal who's obviously some, you know, drunk dad passed out, and then his daughter or whatever who's in the crib, you know, lovingly puts a present next to right. her. So. You know, you can tell he's just he's he's pissed off and kind of tired. Yeah. After eleven hundred years of this, and he's drunk, and I mean, it's funny. It's a, a it's an it's an I anti Santa clause. It is, but I I buy it. Like mm. I would think that Santa would probably. <laughs> I totally buy that. That would be his attitude. It's true. Um, about the state of the world today, but he eventually ends up at this big, huge mansion. Um. But the the conflict uh, that arises is the this group of mercenaries. As it turns out, the caterers are actually this group of mercenaries, which is sort of our first action movie cliche, right? Right? Like, isn't that always the? I think every yeah. Steven Seagal movie started the out staff. with the wait staff. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, they are led by. He goes by Mr. Scrooge. They all just go by Christmas code names like Scrooge, Krampus, Ginger, Gingerbread, mm. Candy Cane, like yeah, Snowman. It's silly, but it's funny. And uh, John Leguizamo is uh, the leader, um, and they, with the help of you know the catering staff, burst into this home. You know they kill all of the real <laughs> servants, all of, all of the security. Just I mean, just blow them away with machine guns. Um, and gather most of the family in uh, the living room. Mm -hmm. Before that, there had been a cute scene with 
The daughter. The daughter had said to her dad, Dad, you didn't take me to see Santa at the mall this year. Uh, and there was kind of a little bit of discussion how that's a big deal for her. It's special, something that she gets to do with her dad she every year. also clearly still believes in Santa Claus. Right, right. And she is so cute. Like, it's ridiculous. They <laughs> must have just auditioned for the cutest kids because <laughs> she's adorable. Leah, Leah, Leah Brady. Oh, uh, so such a cute Playing kid. Trudy, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> that's she goes by Trudy, and and she tells the grandmother that she's uh, the grandmother says, "Oh, and here's my little Gertrude," and she says, "Everybody calls me Trudy now," and the grandmother goes. That makes her sound like a whore. <laughs> right the, over her head. <laughs> and, the, yeah, and the parents look at her and she's like, she doesn't even know what it means. <laughs> but there's kind of a big deal. The dad feels bad. So he real quick runs to a closet that's like full of games and toys. And he, he grabs a, a walkie-talkie and he bring, he wraps it up real quick and he brings it to her. And he says, this is a magic walkie-talkie. You can talk to Santa. He may not be able to respond because it's Christmas and he's really, really busy. But he'll hear everything you say. Mm. Um, and it's sweet. Uh, and they sneak outside the door and they right. listen in on her. And, of course, you know, she's like, oh, Santa, I'm, I know you must be really tired tonight. Blah, blah, blah. And there, she's like, and, and here's the only thing I want for Christmas. And the parents are, you know, listening intently. And, you know, you can predict it. I just want mommy and daddy to be together again. <laughs> I know. And it, it is corny. It's corny, but, but it, it works. Plays. Yeah. It plays. I don't know even, I don't even know why it plays, but it just does. I don't know, because we've seen this movie. You know, this is what happens in these movies. You know, mm. the, 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 the parents are having problems, but through the magic of Christmas, they realize the value of family. It sounds corny and cliche because it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the Christmas message. Yeah. You know, and it's, one of them. it's sweet. <laughs> and it just, it, it works. It could be corny and, and maybe in, to some extent it is. But in the context of this movie, for whatever reason, it just works. It, because it, I think it strikes it, a balance. It does strike a balance. I think it's because they do play it straight. You know, they're not parodying this in in at all. They're they're no. being this kind of movie, and I think that's probably why. It well, and everybody, not everybody. I mean, I liked Beverly D'Angelo just because she played it. Uh, she just seemed to be relishing in it. But she's not a likable character. The sister and her boyfriend and their kid, who's always like on Instagram Live being a douchebag. <laughs> they're they're not likable. No. But the the mom and the dad and the little girl are very likable. And uh, even though you can tell that. Um, there's tension in their relationship. They both seem like decent people that you, you might know. No, you don't hate them. And you think you don't think that dad, the dad comes across really nice and yeah. likable. You know, I actually was, I was questioning for a large part of the movie, like what is wrong? Like, I, yeah. did he do something? Did he cheat? I, I think ultimately it comes down to the money because later on the wife says something about him thinking that money is the answer to the problems and really the money is the problem um but that comes much later well and he and he promises too i think around this time you know he pulls his wife aside and says what do you think if we just like could start all over i'm sorry it's a little later but he pulls her aside and says what if we can make her wish come true right and and the mom's like what are you talking about it's like what if we get back together and she's like that we can't do that and he's like no no i mean I mean, get away from the family. Get rid of all this. Leave tonight. Just go forever. Never turn back. Never see my family. So it's pretty clear that is what would fix things, right? Right. He's promising. So the family and the money is the problem. 
Right. So, you know, it sets up all this tension. And then the machine gun wielding folks come in. um, And Santa, at first, he hears, you know, the the machine guns and everything. And he's kind of sneaking around. It's funny the way that it's shot. He's just kind of peeking around corners the way that Santa does. Mm -hmm. Um, And nobody (laughs) nobody's really, you know, even these hitmen or whatever are are not seeing him. Um, But ultimately. Initially, he's just trying to get out of there. Oh, he wants to save his ass. <laughs> Even when the guy bursts into the room, he's hiding behind a Christmas tree. And the dude's like, get get out from behind there. He comes out. He's like, I don't want any trouble. I don't want any trouble. I just want to get out. I want to go back up on my sleigh and finish delivering my presents for tonight. <laughs> but the guy, for some reason, he can't get up the chimney. I don't remember if it's... I, I don't know if he was... Like he said, darn it, something. He was too scared or, or like he didn't have or... the, maybe too drunk. I don't know, but yeah. he couldn't get his nose magic to work. And so he couldn't get up. And then the guy who's confronting him um, shoots his machine gun. I don't know if it's accidental or intentional, but through the roof, which spooks the reindeer and they take off. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Santa's like cursing at them through the window, telling them to come back. But at that point, he's basically stuck there. And, and I would say this is like our first action sequence, right? There's it's a big a, fight, I think. There's a big fight between the two of them. And uh, and I think it's kind of funny because they they use every Christmas element in that entire room for this battle. Like, you know, they, they stumble against the tree and then he grabs the lights off the tree and comes up and tries to strangle one of them. And then Santa grabs this and Santa grabs that. And by the way, Santa has been having these little minor flashbacks. These little minor flashbacks to what you can tell must be his past. And the first flashback is just a close-up on what is obviously his face, but in, like, a warrior helmet. Mm. Um, This is, like, clearly, you know, thousands of years ago. And uh, you get the sense, okay, he was a warrior. You don't know how he became Santa, and I still don't think we know how he became Santa. But, you know, the idea is that, oh, the, the impression that you get is when Santa starts being really, really good at beating these people is that, okay... This guy has these abilities. Right. Like it's been established so, very quickly and cleverly by those shots of him as a warrior that the guy can fight. We just didn't know it. Yeah. And, and I don't think that we're going to be able to help but conflate some things here in the middle because it really is for a long time after he kills this first guy, he he throws him out a window. I think he goes out the window with this guy, but the guy ends up getting impaled on a big a icicle. icicle. <laughs> uh-huh. And the other bad guys eventually find that guy. So they think that they know that there's somebody there. What do they call him? A mole or something? I don't remember. Yeah. Um, so they kind of know somebody's there. So he's kind of sneaking around for a long time. He ends up, you know, confronting a couple of them. And like you said, it's all kind of Christmas gags, like beating candy canes and, you know, uh, filling a stocking full of uh, pool balls (laughs) and (laughs) beating the crap out of a guy. Um, He, one guy, he uh, stabs through the eye with a a Christmas tree topper. That's a star. And then he plugs the star in and the guy's head catches on fire. And then it kind of is on fire for a little while. And he's a bit entranced by it for a little bit. It's like, Oh, Oh, And and while all this is going on, at some point, I feel like it's after the first or second fight that he has with one of these henchmen, um, he's there, I think, in that game room that uh, the dad had gotten the walkie-talkie out of. And so the dad had only given the girl one walkie-talkie, so the other one's still in there, and he hears the girl talking Well, I think it. what he does is he takes the... Because the, the, the bad guys are talking on the walkie-talkie of, the, of his, uh, the, of the dude he just killed. 
and he starts spinning the frequencies, saying, gotcha. "Oh, nine one one. You know, I got, I got, got to get an emergency frequency like that exists." Gotcha, right? And that's when he stumbles upon her frequency. Yeah, but yeah. And then, then he can't leave. <laughs> you know, like this little girl is counting on him. Uh, he sees her at some point. You know, through the frosty window, kind of in peril. Um, with all of these bad guys, and then he can't leave, uh, yeah. and it's it's cute. There's a lot of fun stuff through it. Like he has his list. Like so, eventually, um, be, at this time after he beats this guy up and does the walkie-talkie, he's talking on it, and she hears it. And so, even though they're in the same room, you know, they're being held hostage in the living room by a couple of goons. Um, this girl starts talking with Santa, and that's when she realizes he's. There's this guy in the house that's going to help them, and he's asking her for intel. Right. And you know this house better than anybody else. But first she has to establish, right, that he's real because he says he's Santa. And, of course, she gets excited, but she's like, but my mommy and daddy just told me Santa wasn't real. And this was a scene that I think we skipped over. but Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it was just a scene where... Um, they're trying to get. Oh God, we skipped over a bunch. We skipped over a bunch. The whole reason that these guys are there is because this. They know that this family is somehow in some sort of shady arrangement with the government, uh, where the government is giving them three hundred million dollars um, in exchange for kind of covering up shady oil deals in the Middle East, mm-hmm. like government deals. Um, and so that's why they're there. And at one point, uh, they're trying to, I think that they, they get, gosh, I don't remember. I got, I'm getting it out of order because I'm thinking they break in, but they didn't break in at this point. Well, the, 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 the mother says, you know, when John Leguizamo originally says, this is why we're here. We know you've got $300 million down there. She mouths off and he punches her, which I, Thought I didn't see coming. Yeah. <laughs> John Leguizamo punching a seventy-two-year-old woman, mm-hmm. um, but she's tough. She can take it. Uh, but she says, uh, you know, when I was a kid, my brother was kidnapped, and the kidnappers demanded ransom. And my dad didn't even call the cops; he just sent in his uh, extraction extraction team. team. So you should know what to expect. And John Leguizamo was like, uh, "Yeah, I know everything. <laughs> I know all the details of that, and now you know who all those people were and everything." So. And eventually, it's clear he is expecting this extraction right. team, and they clearly have some plan to deal with them. Right, and eventually they get they do get down to the uh, vault, and they open it up, but there's nothing there. Yeah, what happens is they they the extraction team shows up, but it turns out the extraction team's in on it too. Yep, the douchey boyfriend of the one woman runs out, manages to get out the window. And uh, runs out, and uh, they see him, and they they quiz him real quick, and he says, "Oh, I just escaped," and then they just shoot him. Mm-hmm. That's when you know the extraction team is in on it because that that he's the guy who apparently has the key that will unlock the vault. And so right. once he's there and they're together, him and the John Leguizamo character, Scrooge, <laughs> go down and they unlock the vault. But like you said, they see that there's absolutely nothing in there anymore. So he comes upstairs and they start quizzing, and so some people are supposed to be. Well, they start torturing. They're they're like, who, oh, yeah, who they should tortures. we torture? Mm-hmm. And the sister and her boyfriend are like, uh, torture him. He's mom's favorite. So they start torturing him. It's silly. Like Some they nutcracker they jokes. crush his yeah. They crush his finger in a nutcracker. And then John Leguizamo's like, um, let's not mess around here. They're not called finger crushers. And he grabs <laughs> this giant nutcracker and he's like somebody put his balls in there. And there's there's a whole gag. There's some reason why the daughter speaks up. Yeah, because she's trying to protect, protect her, dad. her dad. And she says, 
uh, Santa's here and he's going to help us. And the mom and dad are like, Shh, no, there's nobody here. Nobody's going to help us. Don't say um, anything. Don't say anything. But the girl keeps going on and on until finally the dad shouts, there is no such thing as Santa. Now, he doesn't know <laughs> that there's really a guy in the house uh, trying to help them out. He just thinks that, you know, the girl believes, but she's just going to end up getting them in more trouble. Yeah, get them more she's hurt. talking to herself on this walkie-talkie. Right. I guess they haven't heard the other end. Well, because she, she's got an earpiece. Oh, you're right. Mm-hmm. So they wouldn't the hear earpiece. it. She's got an earpiece. Oh, that's clever. Uh, so, but yeah, a- as it turns out, we had seen earlier, like, I don't know, just to entertain themselves or something, the terrorists had told the family that they should exchange gifts um, and what it turned into was uh, people giving the grandmother gifts and mm-hmm. um, the the douchey boyfriend of the sister <laughs> basically gives her a proposal to fund a movie that he wants to be in. <laughs> and he's like, what a, what a better gift than the gift of an opportunity. He's such a douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> and then the mom gives her, the, the sister rather, gives the grandmother a picture and she's like it's a sentimental portrait of the day i was born and the mom's like yeah i know i, I was, was there, there. <laughs> it across the room <laughs> but then the son well he doesn't want somebody's like you know you give her your present and he's like oh I, I think i left it in the car and the dumbass teenager nephew is like no no i saw you brought it in here i'll get it for you and he gives it to the grandmother and the grandmother opens it and she says oh it's my favorite whiskey and then she goes to open the card, and the dad's like, oh, you don't have to read that. You don't have to read that. And so she reads it to herself and then just folds it up and puts it in the interior pocket of her jacket and just says, thank you, whatever his name is, mm-hmm. and doesn't say anything more about it. As it turns out, the uh, the hitman guys eventually get it out of him because they threaten his wife. They yep. threaten to shoot his wife. They get it out of him that he had – it was him. He stole all the money. And his plan was to take it and run away with his family and separate himself from his mother's family. And I think this is where the wife comes in and gets kind of pissed, right? Yeah. She's like, it's, it's, you, you, you stole the money. You were going to take the money with us. Like money is the root of all this, right? right. Money is right. the problem, yeah. Yeah, and and so then it becomes you know a matter of uh, John Leguizamo and his henchmen looking for the money, and they end up the guy hid it in the manger scene out in the yard. But there's there's a lot of stuff that goes on. There's a lot of fighting. There's there's one point where um, Santa Claus he he goes to the gate uh, to to try to talk to the guard who's been killed. Um, and he realizes that in one of the fights that he's been in, he's been injured. And he ta- he goes back to the house and he takes off his uh, jacket and his shirt. And he's, you know, like Santa Claus is supposed to be, you know, a jolly, portly dude. Portly dude. But he's also covered in these cool kind of like tribal tattoos, which I thought was a really cool touch. It was a really interesting touch. Like, it, it just immediately starts some mystery, right? Yeah. What's going on That's there. not really answered, which makes me wonder if they plan on following this movie up i mean i feel like it was probably part of his warrior you know right but yeah we don't know But like you said he does he explains eventually to the little girl that he wasn't always santa claus he used to be i don't know nickabund the 
red or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he was this warrior and he had this hammer that he called Skull Skull Crusher. Crusher. (laughs) And he was like the deadliest warrior of all time. But it doesn't, at least I don't remember, it it doesn't explain how he eventually becomes Santa Claus. But I remember... Uh, seeing him on screen kind of heavy and overweight. I have no idea when this movie was filmed, but I do know that David Harbour got ripped for the most recent season of uh, Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, ripped. Um, Because he was supposed to have been held in this uh, Soviet prison you know, and starved and all he did was work out. So in the most recent season, he is buff. Uh, So I don't know if that was prosthetics or if it was filmed before, but Whatever, you know, he, he kind of fixes himself up. And and that leads, I think, at, at some point, um, the little girl says over the intercom, oh, no, they found me. Mm-hmm. And he said, because she at some point ran off and hid in the attic. And she told him, I can set booby traps like Home Alone. And he says, I don't have any idea what that means, but yeah, do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how this Santa, it, it, every now and then it kind of pops in that, you know, he's a man out of time, really. Yeah. He only concerns himself with distributing presents. He can't keep up with the latest in technology. Even at one point, he grabs a gun from somebody and he just asks, does anybody else know how to use this? And Ed t- chucks it to the mom. It's like, all right, well, you can use it. You know, the idea is he doesn't even know what this is but for a guy who can't figure out a gun or doesn't know what home alone is he needs he seems to intuitively understand what the power tools in the garage all do yeah that's (laughs) true in a later scene i don't remember where that scene i mean there's a i feel like there's a part where santa is talking to the girl on the walkie-talkie and she's kind of giving him a pep talk yeah and she because he's kind of given up. He's injured and he's like, I'm sorry. Because that's when the the excision squad or whatever mm-hmm. it was, they had shown up and it turns out, you know, that they're bad too. And Santa's like, I'm sorry. I don't I don't think I can help. And she said, of course you can. You just have to believe. Uh, and she says, if, if you only had one Christmas wish, what would it be? And he's looking at his wedding ring and uh, he takes it off and he says, if I had one Christmas wish, it would be that I could see Mrs. Claus again. And she says, well, then go out there and make that wish come true. (laughs) (laughs) And he drops his ring and he goes scurrying after it and it rolls right into a sledgehammer. (laughs) (laughs) And he picks that thing up and like six guys with machine guns burst through the door and he just takes them all out uh, with his sledgehammer all to Christmas music that was another thing that I loved about this movie oh the music was fantastic again so good it was just this kind of music for this kind of movie it was a totally serious beautiful grand Christmas movie score uh huh. Yeah. yeah, and and the score incorporated traditional carols that you would be familiar with, <laughs> but then they also uh, backed some of the scenes. I feel like this big kick-ass scene was back to some like sappy Brian Adams Christmas mm-hmm. song. Yeah, <laughs> like and and it works so well because it shouldn't. Like you shouldn't have this badass action scene with. Brian Adams singing some sappy Christmas song in the background, but it, the juxtaposition just works. Uh, it works really well. It was great. It's seamless, really. It yeah, is, it is so seamless. I just thought it was really clever, mm-hmm. um, and every you know, it and, was acted well. It was choreographed well. The fight scenes were really fun and exciting to watch. For most of the jokes, totally land. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, but most of them totally land. And then there's no shortage, like we said, of gags. 
right? Right. But but, but that never gets old, right? That never no. gets stale. It's like just enough. Some of them I even saw coming. Like uh, the little girl leaves Santa a great big candy cane. I'm like, oh, he's yeah. going to stab somebody with that candy cane later. <laughs> <laughs> he, he sucks on it almost like he's chomping a cigar while he's taking these guys out. Like what's his name from the A-team? And then and then toward the last guy, he pulls it out of his mouth. And by now, it's it's sharpened to a point, right? From Hilarious. All the, from all the right. It, oh God! It was that was really. Funny. I don't even. I I can't even remember all the gags. There are so many, but they just they work. And and eventually, like the bad guys know where the money is. They go to get it. But well, the dude once he once the, once the father confesses, he leads them out to where the money right? is, which is in a manger scene. It's hidden under a bunch of hay piled up behind, and that's when everything converges. Now you've got most of the family there. You've got all the bad guys, including the leaders. Uh, and then Santa has, you know, kind of beaten his way through a bunch of people, and he's sneaks in like right. from the back and starts to take out a couple of them. And the girl has taken out two of the worst of them, two of the most dangerous of them, with the Home Alone gags. with the Home Alone gags, while and, she's hiding in the attic. Yeah, and that that scene plays exactly <gasps> like a Home Alone, almost beat for beat. Yeah, yeah, almost, and like the same kind of jokes, like "Ha ha, kid, you're gonna have to do better than that." <laughs> and then cool, yeah. you know, ball to the groin. <laughs> and, well, and then he falls, and you know, a nail that she has set up goes all the way up in through his chin into his mouth. You can see oh. it, like it really is. These are people in the audience were viscerally reacting yes. to that. There yes. was a collective Ooh, from everyone in there. We, you know, we watched another Christmas movie. I think it was called Better Watch Out or whatever, where the kid was like fascinated with Home Alone and mm. he wanted to see if the traps would really kill people. And they did. And they did. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what this is like too. It's the same gags and it's played in the same tone. Like these two villains that this girl is facing off with, they're over the top. They're, mm. they're like, I don't know if she's supposed to be like Soviet or foreign in some way. Him um, too, in a slightly he's like sort yeah. of Scandinavian or, or something. something. And and, she, and so it, it plays. It's funny. It, it, it's played with the humor, but the results are what the real results would be if somebody were to fall on a mat spiked with nails or have a nail go through their uh, face, their, their face, right? <laughs> or get or get Whacked hit with, with a bowling, bowling ball too many times. Uh, I loved the part where the guy who's still down—it's one of those uh, drop-down staircases for the attic—and the guy who is still down below, the woman, the bad woman, has gone up, and the girl has started rolling bowling balls at her, and she's kind of dodging him. The guy downstairs picks up a nail and like for no reason right, at all. and like holds it up above his head like he's examining it and then one of those bowling balls comes down <laughs> pushes the nail right into his head and then he falls back onto the mat full of nails that might be one of my lone criticisms of this movie is that made no sense that he would be holding that no, up and examining I, it <laughs> but i think they were reaching for that well DK. i think they were being intentionally silly i mean i, I think yeah, that's probably know, true they, yeah. they mentioned home alone by name oh in several the movie. times there, there's no there's no hiding the fact that this is what they were going for and i think it's really clever uh, to show it in a more, even though you're right, it's silly and the people probably wouldn't respond the way that they do, but the But that's results, also how Home Alone was too. So Yeah, yeah. right. So it's right. like a parody really. They're bumbling like mm-hmm. the guys in Home Alone. Yeah. And there's a, another funny part where um, 
the mom, the little girl's mom, and uh, the sister and her kid are left alone with one of the worst uh, henchmen. He's He's <laughs> been violent and nasty and... Seriously, so he, he's just waiting to kill someone. Right, basically. right. He, he can't wait to, to murder people. Um, but they end up alone with him, and I don't even remember... How they do it, but they get the better of him. And it's just a hilarious scene where they just beat him to death. Yes. <laughs> they're standing over him and each of them have a different implement from the fireplace. And they're just bashing bashing him to death. And, and it, I feel like the mom says something like, well, it is nice to do something as a family. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the obvious joke, but it works. It really works. Yeah. That was an audible laugh, especially from you. Yeah. It was funny. And then they're, okay, so then they're outside and... Uh, they're at the manger scene and Santa comes, they fight, they got some gags with Jesus. But does somebody take off with the money? I don't remember, I think uh, John Leguizamo well, has the money and he's on a snowmobile and Beverly D'Angelo is either on a snowmobile with him or one of the other henchmen and she ends up somehow getting off. Yeah. Uh, she... Messes, falls or hits yeah, something. something. She gets off. Santa takes the uh, baby Jesus's manger and follows them. Right, like, like a, a with a sled or something. And the what what ends up happening is John Leguizamo and Santa end up in this like outdoor camping site or something. Yeah, it was like a part on the property where there was a shed built, but also it was an old. Clearly, there was some older, almost cottage there that had been torn down and all that was left was like the chimney in the fireplace mm -hmm. or something i don't know i saw you did you know where that was going when you the minute you saw that no i didn't yeah i didn't i was like oh funny there's a lone chimney (laughs) sitting out here i'm pretty sure that's gonna come into play i I thought maybe he'll escape uh Mm. through that but it's it's a big showdown and it is big you know there's there's fire it's diehard style it's like a jean-claude van damme movie where they're there's fire, right? They they go into the shed and you know they're fighting and whatnot. He I think he fights off a couple other henchmen in there as well, but ends up pulling a grenade off of one of them, and it goes off. And they you know fly out of this exploding cabin, which now has created fire. I mean, it's totally every shot for shot like a uh-huh. Die Hard movie. And now there's like a so almost a circle of fire all around them as they're burning debris from the building. It's is circling them. It looks just like a Van Damme movie. Oh, yeah. So they're fighting back and forth. And the whole deal is Leguizamo. One of the gags in the movie is that there's a, a naughty and nice lift that's, list that's kind of magical. And Santa just opens up this scroll. And whoever's kind of in the vicinity, it shows whether they were naughty or nice. And Leguizamo picks it up uh, as he comes into Santa as he's injured and lifts it up. He says, you really are real. Did you notice that it like listed the reasons that he was naughty? Mm-hmm. I I could tell that that's what it was, a list of the reasons, but the only one that I could read was broke his mother's heart. <laughs> now on the nice list, I you might have had to exit the theater briefly while Santa was checking on the daughter. Probably. He opens the thing and there's the nice list and the daughter, it's all the nice things she's done and one of them was invited weird kid to party. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. That's but funny. yeah, so, you know, that's kind of this... Again, this also with the villain becomes this sort of Christmassy thing. Like, Leguizamo, the villain, almost seems to track his whole childhood trauma, which led to him being a terrible person, back to a bad Christmas that he had, you know, which is typical of these movies. And he stopped believing, and he stopped believing in anything, and Santa and Christmas and all that stuff. Then when he sees Santa's real, but, you know, he's on the naughty list, he's like... 
we're going to end Christmas right here, right now. (laughs) It's the ultimate villain, right? Even in all, like, the cartoons on the TV show, like, they just want to end Christmas, right? And so they go through this huge, crazy fight scene, and it's really well done. Um, And uh, basically, Leguizamo has Santa pinned up against this um, chimney, Mm -hmm. this lone chimney that is sitting outside. And... uh, and Leguizamo says something like, "You're I mean, you're going to die now," or something like that. And Santa says, "Not if not if you believe." Uh huh. And Santa just puts his finger beside his nose, and he's holding on to Leguizamo, and he goes up the chimney. But you see that Leguizamo has a much harder time coming up the chimney. <laughs> he gets like folded in half. Yeah, Santa stands at the top, and he's just got this torso bloody of a man, yeah. and chucks it down on the ground and. That was that was great. It was great. It was a lot of fun. It was really. I mean, the action is good. If if you're if you're a fan of action, you're going to appreciate this. It is like Die Hard or oh, yeah. or something like that. I mean, it's that level. It reminded me a little bit of like um, True Lies. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. Because c- it's got the great action, but it's funny too. Um, but uh, so then you think everything's going to be okay, but then out of nowhere, you know, Santa's standing at the top of this chimney, and out of nowhere. He gets shot like four or five times and he falls to the ground and you see that it was the head of this squad that was supposedly working for the grandmother but wasn't. Um, and uh, that guy walks up and I think that he points his gun like he's going to shoot Santa in the face and he's like, this ends now. And then out of, you know, from off screen, you see an arm raised with a gun to that guy's head and it turns out it's Beverly D'Angelo and she's like, you're damn right it does. And she shoots him in the head. I loved it. I just loved her <laughs> Which being... Which highly a, appropriate. I know. I just loved her being a badass in this movie. Still cold-hearted badass. I loved her in this movie. I just love her, period. She's great. Um, <laughs> but then Santa's dying and it's the... It's so typical. It's typical, but it was but sweet. It works. And it did work. It actually was an emotional moment. It yeah. feel like it feels like Miracle on Forty Second Street, or you know, any of these sweet movies where the family, some of them assholes, which reminded me also of Krampus. Like you mm-hmm. know, some of the fa- some of the people in that family were assholes, but even by the end, you realize that they were just people. You know, like you weren't yeah. rooting against them. Um, all these the remaining family gather around and the little girl's like we you know we have to believe and she says i believe in you and then her dad says i believe in you and the mom says i believe in you and um a little bit begrudgingly but at the same time <laughs> sincerely beverly d'angelo says it too and she's like oh fuck i believe too <laughs> <laughs> and then like the mom's like jesus the, christ know, all right i do the douchey instagram kid is like i believe and uh the the vapid aunt is like i believe too um <laughs> And it and it brings Santa back brings to life. Brings him back to life, and and the whole time, you know, it's perfect. Actually, just he says it's Christmas magic, and, and I, don't I can't even, explain it. I don't know how it works. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Which funny. is all the explanation we really need. Really, yeah, you know. and and then uh, the reindeer show back up, and he's pissed at them for taking off and leaving him, and only coming back when everything um, was okay. But but then, then he, he notices the sack. Yeah, because John Leguizamo had thrown his magic sack in the fire, and he was like, no, that sack was full of children's dreams. (laughs) Hilarious. That was probably the funniest line. But then, then, uh, well, yeah, because he delivers it with such sincerity, like he's in agony. No! 
<laughs> it's so um, ridiculous. It is. Uh, but the reindeer had gone back to the North Pole to get his spare sack. <laughs> and uh, Mrs. Claus, he finds a note from Mrs. Claus that says, I thought you might need this too. And it's his skull crusher. <laughs> it's a little late, but it's the thought that counts. Sure. And it's cute. He, he talks to the reindeer. He's like, oh, I can't stay mad at you guys. <laughs> He's like <laughs> snuggling them and petting them and stuff. It's adorable. And then he just... he. Flies off, right? Yeah. Like he says goodbye and flies off uh, the classic Santa sleigh going across the huge full moon. Um, and I thought that there would be some cynical uh, cap scene. Mm. There's really not. There's no. there's a, a really brief, not really mid-credits. It's just after a few seconds of the credits. There's a little scene where the douchey uh, Instagram kid is, you know, on Instagram live, like, showing the bodies and, like... So this uh, guy is dead. That's yeah. what happens. <laughs> Be nice, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And that was it. And uh, I had to pee again, so I... <laughs> I made you sit through the just to make credits. sure. This is the things. Sure. This is the things we do for the you know journalistic integrity of the program. Yeah. had to make sure there wasn't another end credit scene, right. and there wasn't, and there wasn't. But man, you know, I walked out of there it, like, through, through the whole movie. I just had the biggest smile on my face. It was funny. It was. It was sweet. Yeah. Everything like I I don't really have anything negative to say about it. It looked expensive. Yeah. Uh, it looked really great. It was shot really well. The action sequences were super exciting and really well choreographed and um, great performances from Legazamo and Harbor and uh, uh, Beverly D'Angelo. But there wasn't a bad person in the cast. No. I thought everybody was perfectly was suitable yeah. for their roles. They were all great, yeah. The little girl was adorable. It was so, you know, her interaction with Santa. He's this, you know, he's Santa Claus, but he's also this big, tough, mercenary type guy. But with him, he's clearly got this, so- with her, the size he's clearly got this soft spot. Soft spot. Mm-hmm. Um, well, she's taught him to believe in Christmas. Again. Right. Yeah. I love that bit where he's lying and he's starting to die and the... Um, the the guy says, oh, you know, what does he say? Not you killed Santa. He says, uh, I don't know. I don't remember. No, Santa. Oh, you saved Santa. Uh, Santa saved you. Oh, yeah. He goes up to Santa and he says, Santa, you saved my daughter. And he says, no, she saved me. Yeah. <laughs> And it, I don't care how corny it sounds with us talking about it. It is corny, but it works. Like, it just feels so appropriate yeah. to the tone of the movie. I just really feel like they did such an excellent job of balancing it. That was a, a challenge, right? It should be. It and, doesn't seem like it was. And, you know, it struck me because I came into this movie completely blind. Like, I had seen the title. I had seen the poster coming across advertised as a new mm-hmm. movie. And, of course, this is in my mind. I'm thinking maybe we could watch this, you know, if, if it comes out when I'm there. And uh, But that's all I knew. I didn't look up anything about it. I didn't know anything about it. I assumed it was a horror movie because it was called Violet. Right, right. Santa. And then as the end credits were playing, Tommy Workola popped up on the screen. And I'm like... Tommy Wercola, Tommy Wercola. Oh God! Like we've seen mm-hmm. at least one movie by him that we really liked, and it turns out, oh yeah, it's Dead Snow one and two. Yep. What is it about? I think at least a quarter of the Christmas movies that we've reviewed on this show came from Scandinavian countries, like yeah, Norway, a bunch of them, things like that, right? Like rare imports. Rare imports we loved, but uh, it was quirky. Scent. 
Yes, Scent. Scent we didn't like as much, but it wasn't a comedy either. Right. But we, yeah, it's it's unique and it struck an interesting tone. And then Dead Snow. Dead Snow, which just, it has a wicked sense of humor, mm-hmm. that, that movie. And the second one is even better than the first, really. There's just a perfect little comedy blend there that really works. It's it's played a little dryly, you know. It's really violent, um, and it kind of throws you in different directions. It's it's different from what this movie I think would have been like if you had put it in the hands of an American director. To be quite honest, I think it would have had a slightly different sensibility. I think the satire of it would have maybe been played up more. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Just things played out very much like they did in Dead Snow. To be honest, right, which really worked for me, and so I felt like this guy has got a really great handle on mixing horror with comedy and now we know he can make a perfect christmas movie as well yeah it's wild you know (laughs) it's just gosh it just seems like it shouldn't work uh but we've seen this kind of thing before where you take your conventions of a christmas movie and and you give it a twist like Krampus is still one of my favorite uh, Christmas movies and And it's genuinely scary it's genuinely scary it strikes a really interesting tone doesn't it yeah but it's also sweet and about the importance of family and being there for your family and that's the lesson that they all learn in the end it is a Christmas movie in that sense it's not a parody of a Christmas movie even Christmas Vacation those vacation movies were not family movies you know the the original Vacation European Vacation they (laughs) were raunchy movies Um, and then Christmas Vacation comes along and there's a lot there's the same type of humor but it sets it in the context of christmas and has that christmas message of the importance of family and being together and it just works and, and believing and <laughs> yeah well and it, and it and it just works here too uh i don't know i gosh it's such a unique thing for us to see a movie not having any idea how it's going to be received mm-hmm. whether or not people are going to like it but Folks, uh, if you like the kinds of movies that we like, you are going to like this movie. I say go out, go to the theater, put a mask on if that makes you feel better, uh, be cautious or whatever. But go to a theater and see this movie with an audience. Yeah. Because I think that you're going to have a lot of fun. It's great because, it, number one, it's going to be great with an audience because of the reactions, because it's a comedy and, and also a hor- bit of a hor- I mean, I'm, I'm, we're going to put it in the horror camp just because we have sure. to. <laughs> Home Invasion movie is what this right. is. It's no different from, uh, you know, Funny Games or something like that. <laughs> but, but I mean, seriously, uh, it, it's that too. And um, so if you were to strip out the extremities of the violence... And make this a more like PG, PG thirteen movie. It's actually a pretty decent family movie. Yeah, like an, absolutely. An all ages who you know thirteen and above kind of ages kind of movie where I think everybody would would love it. We say this all the time. It depends on the sensibilities of your kids. Yeah, uh, oh, you, of course. You and I would have watched this at. Nine, nine, ten years old, mm-hmm. right, and been totally fine with it, and would have seen movies. I watched Die Hard when I was a little kid, yeah. you know, like, uh, and and other things. And so, some kids would probably be fine with this, and would probably really enjoy it. It's it's not for kids. I mean, it is really violent. There's a lot of cursing. It, it earns its R. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. So if if your kids, you know, if they're not ready for that, or you're not ready for them 
to see that kind of thing, then then no, it's for grown-ups. But you know your kids. Yeah. If you think they would like it, they probably will. Yeah. And, and you could have a lot of fun watching it with them. And that's really, yeah. That's and like I think my... you, you would be like the cool parent. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. Don't you want to be one of the cool parents, huh? Don't you? All the cool parents are doing it with their kids. <laughs> yeah, but like that's my point. If you stripped all those things out, this would just be a movie you would naturally just wouldn't think twice about going to see with your family. Yeah. So that's the only consideration, really, is the violence level. But if that were out, like all the humor, all the storyline, the feel of the movie, that I mean, there's nothing more Christmassy. It's all just so warm mm-hmm. and garlandy, and yeah, you know, it just feels like that throughout we have done christmas movies where maybe there's like a santa in the background <laughs> or something. no this is a christmas movie through and through, through, and through. yeah 100%. I, I loved it. I don't know. I'm a little drunk, too, so <laughs> maybe that has something to do with it. <laughs> I had a I'm great also... time. And maybe, you know, maybe it's just, it, it's been such a good time to get to see you and hang out with you. It's That's weird. True. Like, you're one of my best friends, and I haven't seen you and in, we... like, six years. It's Nuts. crazy. So just to get to actually sit down with you and have a conversation with you face-to-face... Uh, it's nice. It's maybe nice. maybe in six years we'll do it again. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to ensure we're around for six more years, check out our Patreon yeah. page. <laughs> I loved it, too. I Thank you, Craig. It, it's been a blast. I'm so glad we could visit. We need to make up shorter times. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Well, thank you guys all for listening very much. Merry Christmas to you guys. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with a friend. Um, if you've gone out to see this movie recently, be one of the first to make a comment about it. There's very little online right now. So uh, we're going to have this podcast out to you real fast. Check it out. Um, find us on twoguys.red40net.com or just search for us by searching Two Guys in a Chainsaw Podcast. Leave us a comment on our webpage uh, on Twitter. Leave us a nice little review on Apple if you enjoyed this episode if you didn't enjoy it just skip that yeah (laughs) we have more holiday themed movies coming up for you uh, these coming weeks Uh, so enjoy your holiday season hope you are making the best of it until next time I'm Todd and I'm Craig there's two guys and a chainsaw Ah.